So we are continuing today in our series about transparency and how we need to be transparent in our walk with Christ, how we need to be transparent and sincere and of heart with one another. And we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 4 and going through verse by verse. And we are up to verse 25 through 28 today. So if you'd like to open your Bibles, um, I'll be reading that. I'm sorry, verse 20 to 24. I will be reading that shortly. Next week, uh, well, this week, it, it, I entitled this message, Accountability Matters. Accountability matters. It matters in the church. It matters in our lives. Next week, we will see how truth matters. Um, the scripture is going to be a lot more clear about this than accountability. Perhaps you might think I'm reaching a little bit this week to talk about accountability. But I think Paul is really talking about how we grow up in Christ and how we need to be held accountable to stay walking with Christ. Next week we'll talk about truth matters. And then the following week will be forgiveness matters. Forgiveness matters. In the evening of the 11th, we will have a solemn assembly here at 6.30 p.m. so that we can all come together and forgive and be forgiven and have some reconciliation and conciliation in our lives and leave things behind at the foot of the cross that Jesus already paid for on the cross. And that should be a turning point for us to truly step out in confidence in the way God is leading us. So that'll be July 11th, and I encourage everyone to come, and uh, we will have a lot of prayer, a lot of soul-searching, and just some good time with the Holy Spirit ministering to each one of us. For today, I want you to think about how Christians experience a changed life. All of you that have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, in some ways you could say you took off your old clothes of life that we once wore daily, and we put on new clothes of life, clothes that are provided by God. This scripture today in Ephesians 4, verses 20 through 24, is holding us accountable to our new self in our new clothing. Let me read for us in chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. So he's speaking about what we talked about last way or last week with a hardened heart. You, however, didn't come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, those old clothes, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on your new clothes, he says in verse 24, and to put on the new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness 
and holiness. May God bless the hearers and the doers of his word. So our message today is going to be in three parts. I want to talk about what accountability is, and then what does a, or why does accountability matter? And then the third thing will be what happens to us when we are held accountable. So today I want to start out with a story of a part of my life and Pamela's life. This um, is a story of accountability, and it's about how accountability matters even way beyond the epicenter of where the unaccountability is occurring. So if you're not accountable, you're off doing whatever you want. Um, we have this exp- had experiences like this many times in our lives. And the story I want to share with you today might actually sound kind of petty by the time you figure out where we're at now compared to where we were when this happened. And really, it is petty when you think about the vastness and the omnipotent power that God has to make a difference in your life and to provide for our lives. But this example shows how destruction from no accountability is very far-reaching. A lack of accountability does not just destroy the life of the one that is not held accountable, but there's a ripple effect that causes destruction upon those beyond that epicenter. So some of you may remember the 1990s. Energy trading. Energy trading became a new thing in the late 1990s, a way to make a lot of money in a very short period of time. There was this company named Enron. Enron was an energy trading and communications company located in Houston, Texas. There's even been a movie made about it since this time. Pamela and I were living in southwest Michigan. Following several years of full-time ministry, I went back into the nuclear power industry. I was working in the secular business world, generating electrical power from nuclear power. This power plant was owned by AEP, American Electric Power. Many of you know this. If you've ever driven into Fort Wayne, you see the big building with AEP on the side. And those of you that have been around for a while realize this used to be I&M, Electric, right? Indiana, Michigan, Power. They're the ones that own the nuclear power plant in southwest Michigan that I worked for. Well, during 1996 to 2001, Enron was given the name of America's most innovative company by Fortune magazine, as it was the seventh largest corporation in the United States in a very short period of time. I remember working at the power plant, watching this crazy energy trading that was causing the price of a kilowatt hour of electricity to skyrocket higher than it had ever been before. Electric utilities, AEP and others, were making a fortune. In 2002, Enron would be forced to file bankruptcy. 
the problem that led this company to bankruptcy was due to the fact of fraudulent accounting practices that took place allowing Enron to overstate their earnings and took away their high debt liabilities in order to have some more appealing balance sheets. Enron's upper management team was not held accountable and they were not holding their business accountable. They led an accounting team that cooked the books in every sense of the word so that their investors would keep on investing and think that it was a good investment. People's lives within the company of Enron were destroyed. This poorly structured company led people to jail time, unemployment, and caused retirement stocks to be all dried up. Enron had a social responsibility to its stockholders, and rather than being upfront and honest, transparent about their failing company, they hid every financial flaw to keep receiving money from its investors. Enron's actions not only influenced its own company and the people that worked there in the company, but the destruction rippled through the entire energy sector. Enron and other traders had artificially inflated the price of energy. And when there was a lack of accountability, Enron eventually became exposed. Energy values dropped out the bottom, and electric power utilities were looking for ways to cut their costs. This is when I was in middle management at AEP at a nuclear power plant, I had worked my way up to that place in middle management. And it was the first time that I was laid off from work. Our eldest daughter had just finished a year at Purdue University, and our younger daughter was preparing to go to Baylor University. And there I was, without a job. Suddenly, our household income had become zero but our financial obligations continued to knock at the door louder and louder. All of this was just the background to a lot of other things that happened, if you remember, and it led to the stock market crash of 2008. Part of the severance for me to be laid off, I had well over 10 years of uh, nuclear power in, um, experience there at AEP was to receive a severance for the retirement that I had gained while I was there. And so I subsequently reinvested it real quickly to protect it, which was not a good thing to do. It didn't protect it. The idea was for it to grow. Well, it didn't grow and it wasn't long before it was dried up, and that was zero. So 20 years of marriage, working and working our way to this financial situation in our life was wiped out. Financial destruction? Yes. But it was around this time that we finally realized that we were not in control of our lives. Our accountability is with God. 
It was time to truly make Jesus Lord of our lives, to give all that we are and all that we have to him and trust in God. And when we walk with God, we never walk alone. We do not need to worry about preparing for the future because the victory has already been won. Our life changed dramatically. And Max was just sharing a story about his. Probably a lot of people have gone through things like this. In the middle, you think the middle of your life, how could this possibly happen? And you take a big pay cut, and then you trust in God. And I'm reminded, and I want to share with you a couple verses from the Old Testament. And these kind of have become life verses, and I want to share them with you. They could be a sermon all of their own, but the first one is from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. So God's chosen people were in exile. Their, their life was destroyed. They felt like they, were, they had no control of anything, and this is what God said to them. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then the other one comes from Joshua, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And this was after God's people were taken out of slavery, 40 years walking through the desert. They're up by the River Jordan. They're ready to cross over. Moses had died, and Joshua was to lead them across to the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And here's what God said to him, and he says to us today, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So what is accountability? The dictionary defines accountability as an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions. Since our restart in life in the early 2000s, I seek accountability to help me to be liable and explainable in all that I do, especially in leadership roles that I've had. God opened up and, and provided for much greater positions for me in the nuclear power industry and also within the church. And as he would put me in these positions, I always remembered to stay accountable, put together committees to, to work with me, to help me to see the places that I don't see. I always bring people around me that help hold me accountable. Even right now, today, with IPM, I have a coach, someone else from IPM that has done this before, that I am accountable to. 
and we talk on the phone and talk about details about what's going on and I get challenged to see the blind spots that I might be walking into. Being held accountable helps me to focus on God's leading in my life. What I do is not for personal gain. What I do is for the glory of God. Let us be careful, though, not to think that we understand accountability if we understand fellowship. There's a big difference between fellowship and accountability. For the most part, fellowship does not extend beyond the surface level of routine conversations. Fellowship is how we meet people where they are. We are willing to invest our time and our resources into fellowship with people to meet them where they are and to have an opportunity to share who Jesus is in our lives and why we are accountable. To be Jesus to someone else. To open the door to who God is and share what it means for us to be accountable to him. Our scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 is calling us to this deeper task, the deeper task than just fellowship. Ephesians 4, 20 through 24 is a foundation to understand that accountability matters in the church. Accountability comes down to asking and answering those tough questions. Accountability means that we must be transparent with one another. It pushes into the real issues of our lives. Accountability fosters challenges and probing discussions to help us remember our new self is in Christ. Life is not about us or about our things anymore. Life is about our relationship with God through Jesus. Accountability within the church is an issue that scares a lot of people. People are afraid that if they become real and honest with each other, if we become transparent, there will be judgment and harsh disapproval for our shortcomings. In the church, within the body of Christ, we must be challenged by one another but it needs to be in a loving, a loving way for our growth with Christ. It is not a place to be judgmental with one another. You know, pastors are often the worst at this. Instead of modeling accountability, pastors often want to think of themselves as being high above accountability, it's probably just really because they become scared. And it's having to answer to no one. That's what many think. Or they may say that they do not need accountability partners because they are accountable to God himself. This pious attitude sets up the idea that no person can question the pastor's motives. And actions. Let me tell you, you can question my motives and my actions. Because this other way is a very dangerous way of thinking, and it is very unbiblical. 
This is one reason why Dunphy Missionary Church needs to make sure we have an accountability structure even within our leadership. Now that we have the idea of what accountability is, why does accountability matter? My introductory story is a good example of why we need accountability in the areas of finances. Those even wandering in the darkness of this world, along with us Christians, all know that we need accountability, and accountability matters in the realm of finances. But problems within the financial world are just a secular symptom of a much larger problem. We need accountability because Satan, our enemy, loves to see us stumble. In the secular world, Satan is allowed to prowl around among the darkness. He is called the prince of darkness, the prince of this world. He would love to keep more people in darkness and interested more in serving their own money rather than serving God. But we are called to be a light in the darkness, Christians. Accountability matters even more when it comes to a Christian's life. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9 says, Be careful, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The scripture says, resist him, standing firm in your faith. So we are called to consider the hunting lion. A lion does not go after a whole herd of gazelles. It waits, it sits back until one steps off by itself. When one of the gazelles is off by itself, it, it isn't seen as being protected by the others. It's seen as being weak. And so the lion pounces. The moral of this story is don't be the lion's lunch. Don't let the devil devour you. Stay with the herd. Be connected and accountable within the flock. The flock called the church with Jesus as our good shepherd. Our ministry is effective in building the kingdom of God because personal accountability helps us to meet our goals and our expectations. We need positive and informed accountability in the church and in each of our individual lives. Together we can help each other stand up to the devil. Accountability holds us together like a herd, protecting one another from the hunting lion. We can make sure that when we start to see another one stumble, we are there to warn them of the potential dangers, to hold them accountable. And we are there to help catch them and bring them back into the fold. This is the picture of Ephesians chapter 4 verses 20 to 24 that I see when I read it. Not only does Satan like to see us stumble, but he knows that the whole world is watching. That darkness, the people walking in darkness. You know, those people in darkness we talked about last week, they have a hardened heart. 
that scar tissue on the soul so, so strong that they can't see outside. They're just waiting for us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, waiting for us to fall. The world is watching closely to see if we stumble back into our former way of life. They're watching to see if we will give up our new clothes of righteousness and holiness, the scripture says, for our old clothes that we are more comfortable with from our former ways. The world is just wanting to say, see those people in that church, they're a bunch of hypocrites. At times we need to be reminded, don't we? Our old self, which is corrupted and full of deceitful desires to be put off, we need to be reminded of those things. We have a new attitude with a higher level of engagement. Our new self is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Our new self leads us to devotion, to increased commitment and productivity for God's kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, these are his words, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And then in Ephesians, the next chapter, chapter 5, we hear these words, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The world is watching and just waiting for us to fall. Accountability matters because it helps us to catch each other before we fall back to our former way. With loving accountability, we live at high levels of satisfaction. Jesus, the Son of God, he paid a tremendous price when he hung on the cross. Why would we not want to continue in our new creation, in our new attitude, and in our new self? Let us hold one another accountable in a loving manner. Accountability helps us to answer the tough questions. Helps us stay pure in our thoughts and actions. Accountability will drive us to think about what we are doing. Accountability helps us to be pure and holy in our lives so that when we, when we do have to answer the questions from the accuser, when he comes by and attacks us, we can say with confidence that we did it according to to God's standards. Accountability encourage us, encourages us and other believers. Galatians 6.2 says that we need to carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Keep your mind on these things. We have considered why accountability matters now. What happens to us when we are held accountable? Well, first of all, we have growth. As we place ourselves into the hands of others, we will find that our Christian walk will be strengthened. 
All of us could use that. Learning from each other. We deal with critical issues and we gain a greater insight into God's plan for our life. We get another perspective that helps us grow in true righteousness and holiness. We grow in our Christian walk. The second thing we get from being accountable is friendship. Accountability is deeper than fellowship, consisting of surface conversations as we work through our tough issues. Our relationships grow deeper. We engage each other at a much more deeper level than I engaged some of you this morning where I said, how are you doing? And you said, oh, fine. Hmm. Instead, we need to take time to listen. We need to take time to ask the tougher questions and take time needed to get honest answers. Our friendships are deepened. Also, one of the things we get from accountability is awareness. We're often blinded to a situation until we allow someone, allow someone else to bring it to our attention. Sin tends to make us blind, cause scar tissue on the soul, blind of our own faults. It often takes someone else outside of the entire situation that we are entrenched in to show us our fault. We need a friend. A friend to stop us from deceiving ourselves and finding innovative solutions to continue to deceive ourselves. We need to be open to accountability. Someone needs to let us know when we slip back into our old self, into our old clothes. You know, that low self-image. That inflated self-importance. The selfishness. Pride. A deceitful nature. And yes, even a dangerous fantasy that we are dreaming about. Accountability gives us greater awareness to bring us back to our new self in Christ Jesus. Another thing that we get from being held accountable is peace. Really a peace that passes all understanding. There is a sense of satisfaction and joy in knowing that our thoughts and actions are matching up with God's standards. 1 John 2.28 says this. says this about Jesus. And now, dear children, continue in him, in Jesus, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Accountability gives us that peace. Peace in righteousness and peace in holiness. A readiness to be with Jesus. And then the last thing I want to say that we get from being held accountable is support. The giant redwood tree, you know, over in California, the tallest tree, the largest diameter tree in the world, 
Some of those trees are over 2,000 years old. Think about that. They were alive on this earth when Jesus was walking on the earth. Isn't that cool? You might think that their root system of those trees go just as deep as they grow tall in order to help keep them standing. But that is not the case. The redwood tree's roots only go a few feet down into the ground. They survived storms and high winds over all these years because they grow next to other redwood trees. Their root systems are all bound together with those around it, causing them to become incredibly strong when the winds hit them. They do not fall over because of the mutual support system that they have in their root system. In the same manner, a system of accountability in the church, which is also over 2,000 years old, can provide incredible strength and support for one another. So, in conclusion, for accountability, it's often considered a nasty word especially in the church, where it should not be. It should be a vital part of all believers' lives. I know that it's scary to be transparent about our shortcomings. Perhaps there are things that you are holding on to that you just don't want anyone else to know. Find comfort in a relationship with Jesus. He is the one who intercedes for us, for you, to the Father. God already knows about those things you're clinging on to, those dirty clothes that you really want to slip back into. But when you are open to accountability, you will think twice about your thoughts and your actions. How will you answer those tough questions that should be asked of each one of us. I have a special appreciation for accountability. The lack of accountability in a company over 1,000 miles away reset Pamela's and my and our family's financial status back to zero. At the prime of our life, so we thought. Accountability helps me personally and those in my periphery that could be affected by what I do or do not do. Accountability reminds me there is no time for coasting through life in management. There's no time for coasting through life in church life, in ministry. I want to keep focus on my new self the righteousness and the holiness that God calls us to. Accountability in my walk with Jesus has served me well. Jesus blessed me to serve in senior management roles and outside of the church. And Jesus blessed my ministry inside the church. All honor and glory is God's. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
May we find the same type of accountability and blessing in our church, here at Dunphy Missionary Church. May our Lord's blessings have a ripple effect to those within the church and those outside the church in our communities. May we be able to share the victories that have already been won through Jesus Christ. Let us share that victory. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything that, God, that you have done for us, sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. We thank you that when we turn our lives over to you, all that we are and all that we have, that you can take that and you can bless it and you can turn it into something great for your kingdom. Thank you for letting us be a part of that. Wow. It's really amazing. If there's any here that that really aren't too sure about it, may they turn to you now. May they accept what Jesus did for them on the cross. And may may we realize that not only that sin that we committed was paid for there, but also that guilt that we continue to carry with us. Help us to pour that out upon you and leave it at the foot of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.